This is Maine Coast Doc Talk, a podcast bringing you the latest news and stories from Maine's working waterfronts. This podcast is brought to you by the Maine Coast Fishermen's Association. I'm your host, Ben Martens. In this episode of Maine Coast Doc Talk, I had the opportunity to talk with Representative Jay McWright about a bill she had submitted which would impact the rules regarding who is allowed to go lobstering in Maine. I want to make it clear before we go into the interview that at the time of publication, the Maine Coast Fishermen's Association does not have a stance on this issue. We wanted to have Representative McCray on to talk about her bill because it's been a topic of interest for many along the coast. If you want to learn more about her bill or other things that are happening in the state legislature related to fisheries, we'll have a blog post up on our website with links and more information. Now, on to the interview. Jay McCrite is a member of the Maine State House and serving her third term as a representative for House District 51, which includes the coastal communities of Harpswell, West Bath, and Brunswick. Representative McCrite is a retired social worker and clinical counselor from Harpswell. She's currently the chair of the Marine Resource Committee and has a new bill that has gotten a lot of attention from the fishing industry in Maine. So we've asked her to join her today to chat a little bit more about it. Uh, thank you for joining us. And uh, before we dive into the bill, I just love to hear a little bit more about you and uh, what your background is and how you got into local Maine politics. Thank you, Ben. Thanks for inviting me. Um, unlike some of my colleagues, this wasn't a vision I had for what I would do. But I think it's a natural progression as I look back on a social work career, which is all about advocacy, to um, working in the legislative forum, which is also about advocacy. Um, I think there's the legislative piece, putting bills in is obviously a critical piece, but I think more important is representing your constituents. So that's, they're both about advocacy and um, I got involved through helping my um, local rep run for office, Jeremy Saxton. And when he decided not to run again, then it evolved that I would run and serve in the house. And this is my third term. And have you enjoyed it? Oh my gosh, it is an experience like no other. It's an incredible honor. It's an incredible opportunity to serve the state and your district. It's also, I've worked hard my whole life. This is the hardest job I've ever done. Um, in terms of, um, I mean, they've all, all the positions I've had in social work and clinical counseling have been important in people's lives, but this is um, that and broader because it's affecting more people. Um, and the opportunities to meet so many interesting people from all over the state to work with colleagues, to uh, meet people you never would have met otherwise, who are become very important in your life and in your work, and it's it's hard to describe how amazing it is. You are now on the chair of the Marine Resource Committee, the Joint Chair. Mm -hmm. um, why has that become such a focus uh, for you and and you know what you've been doing up in Augusta? Well, it's always been a focus. Um, for our district. Um, Harpswell has traditionally been part of the Marine Resource Committee. Um, I was not on it last year. Um, I was needed elsewhere, which was difficult because I was still very involved, but wanted 
you want to be on the committee where it's happening. I had the opportunity to serve on Marine and Judiciary, which has a lot to do with human rights and civil rights. I served on the Tax Committee, which has some importance to all of us, and I've served on the Health and Human Services Committee, which was um, also important to our lives and is uh, reflective of my background. But Marine is so critical to the whole state. Um, it's so much a part of our economy, but specifically um, the district I represent has a huge um, number of people involved in the industry, not necessarily all in the water, but um, resources for those in the water and restaurants and bed and breakfast and everything that brings people to Maine. You know, the often repeated phrase is you don't come to Maine for the hamburger, so. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you come from the seafood. Yeah. Uh, and, and you do live in Harpswell? I live in Harpswell. How long have you been a resident of Harpswell? I've been there about 10 years. Mm -hmm. Been in Maine 30 something, 31 or two. Yeah. That's, that's quite the place to, to settle down and mm -hmm. live. Hartswell is a fantastic community. We've got a lot of great fishermen that we work with out there. Yeah, it's a wonderful community, very friendly, and very, people don't realize how diverse it is. I, that's part of my um, public relations work, that people make assumptions about different communities, and I'm, I always try to let people understand that we're a very diverse co community, and this is speaking for myself, that's the way I love it. Mm -hmm. I don't want one size fits all. We have the 10 generations of fishing families and we have retirees who are relatively recent to the area and um, working together, coexisting and appreciating all that Harpswell has been and is is critical. Well, that's great. So now let's, let's dig into this bill. Mm -hmm. um, Lobster licenses, mm -hmm. what's the problem that your bill, I think it's LD28, mm -hmm. is right. trying to address? Well, the issue of the wait list is one that some people will say is not a problem at all, but um, what I kept hearing going around uh, meeting people in my district, West Bath, part of Brunswick and Harpswell is, people are frustrated by the length of time. And this is the wait list for the lobster For the lobster uh, um, yep. to, to be um, licensed, to be, um, uh, to be able to fish in the, not, you can be a stern man, you can do other jobs, but to be the one who's pulling the traps is, uh, requires the licensure. And um, there've been many changes over time in how people qualify for the license and now um, there's an apprenticeship program, student licenses, people can get into the fishery. Uh, the people who are on the wait list are people who did not start before they were 18, um, didn't finish before they were, and it's recently been changed to 23. Um, and some people feel very strongly that there should be a, a path forward that's fewer years of waiting and some people believe very strongly it's fine the way it is. So my effort in this bill was to respond to constituents who had the concern about the long wait list and to try to look at whether this is, is this the answer or is there something that we can do? Um, the reason I chose the 10 year. And so let's, let's dive into that okay. explicitly. So what is the solution that, that this bill We've got a long wait list, mm -hmm. got a lot of people waiting on that wait mm -hmm. list who might have missed their window. 
this bill does what to address that that issue? It what it does is say that if someone has been has met all the qualifications and is on the wait list, and you're not on the wait list unless you've met the qualifications, um, if they've been on the list ten years or more, but at that ten year mark, they can go into the fishery. And zone to zone, those are different numbers. So. Um, in some zones, it would mean no one because there's no one waiting that long. Mm -hmm. In other zones, it would be um, more people. And some of the, so, so the idea is to try to look at, is there a way for us to help people get into the fishery who have been waiting a very long time, have done, crossed the T's, dotted the I's, met the requirements and are, are waiting in a long period of time. And some have waited uh, longer than 10 years. Um, some are, if this were to pass, some would still wait because it hasn't been 10 years. Mm -hmm. Depending on the zone and depending on the entry um, ratios. Um, some zones have had, it's a one-to-one -one ratio, so they have more people enter in than some other zones where it's five-to-one or three-to-one. So it's just trying to see if there's a way we can do this that would be an avenue for those people who have waited so long. And now, uh, to address those zones, so in, in Maine we have distinct uh, zones that are self-governed in certain aspects of what they are allowed mm -hmm. to regulate. Um, and at some point in time, moving new licenses in and as people retire, became something that they had some influence over. Mm -hmm. um, but what would you say to the different lobster zone councils who, you know, they like that idea of self-governing? Mm -hmm. um, what would you say to response to them that they feel like this might be overstepped in terms of what they as a zone want to control? Right. And certainly that is the case. Um, I expect to hear from people with that concern when we have the public hearing. Um, I think let's look at it. I mean, that's, that's my intent. Um, 10 years seemed reasonable to me, but I, I absolutely respect that the lobster industry has, is, a, is an example we all use of self, the, the initiatives that the lobster industry itself put into preserving the fishery cannot be underestimated. So let's look at it. If there's a better answer, in fact, one, Lobsterman um, that I spoke to was is not a fan of this proposal and then went on to say but maybe as a zone we should look at our ratio I'm okay, you know right if you can start those conversations yeah and um, then that's yeah. that also like even if the bill doesn't move forward you might start some really good conversations that need to need to be had what, what other type of response have you gotten from fishermen on this bill well, there was one, one day, very interesting, I had an email, or I guess it was a voicemail, and I was reading the message, and it was very polite, but didn't like the bill, and lots of reasons why, and a little bit of a dig the last sentence, but very nice. And then I answered the phone, and it was somebody saying, thank you for putting in this bill. I have been waiting for somebody to do this. So I think that exemplifies the response um, that they're mixed feelings. They're going to mm -hmm. be people who, and I just had another email today of somebody who said, finally, somebody's looking at this. Um, and others who say, you know, it's not everybody can be a lobsterman. 
life isn't fair. Um, and I respect all points of view. Let's talk about it. Yeah, and, and I, I think that that's one of the reasons why we wanted to have this discussion today was there really has been a, a mixed response to this mm -hmm. bill. I saw that there's a, a survey that was put up on Facebook that had close to a thousand responses, and mm -hmm. I think it was 5347 in that's favor, right. but that's a pretty even split from pretty a even. pretty big group of people that are yeah. weighing in. Um, and so, you know, how, how are you guys planning on utilizing? You've got a hearing next week. Mm -hmm. um, what other ways are you trying to get input from not only the lobstermen that are out there now, but the future uh, of the fishing industry mm -hmm. to, to really try and inform the decision-making that you're going through here? Well, I, I appreciated Representative Tool put the survey up on Facebook, and I learned that he had, with that phone call I mentioned, <laughs> I saw the survey, I'm so glad. Um, so I then shared it. I thought that was great. Of course, n 950 people is a great response, but it wasn't scientific, was it? one person 950 times, I don't know. But it still was a good read on, there's a kind of an even split, and, and I think it also tells us that it is something that's on people's minds. Whether they want change or don't, um, people are, it's important. Um, at the, like any public hearing, it's public. So it's advertised, um, all bills that are coming forward have two-week lead-in, at least at this time of session. It gets shorter as we get closer to the end. So people are aware, and I know that the um, Lobstermen Association has put the word out. Other um, lobstering associations and are putting the word out, and fishermen are talking to each other. So I'm getting phone calls, I'm getting emails, and the committee is getting emails to the entire committee. I do expect we'll have a big turnout. I don't know, but I expect we will. And if people can't come, they can send in testimony, and, and we're getting some of that. And that's important to, to that we hear all the voices. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think generally the public steps up and, and lets us know, both in terms of bills they would like to see come forward. You know, once you're elected, people, especially after your first term, when people know you, they will bring you ideas. We've had a lot of that, which is I'm very grateful for. Um, and then once the bill is out there, you, you know, you let people know. Others like Representative Tool posting that let people know. I know other committee members are talking in their communities. So trying to get the word out so that we get as much feedback as we can, whether it's in person or email or phone calls. Email is great because then it goes in the record. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it's helpful for that to be part of the, the long-term record. That's great. And we'll, we will, uh, on, our, on our website and Facebook page, we'll make sure that we post uh, ways that people can, can do the outreach and weigh right. in on this, uh, on this issue. Um, so I think that you, you've touched on this a little bit, but you know, there's always the now is not the time mm. argument mm. For, for something like this. Um, but what's your response to those who are kind of saying that, you know, the fishery is changing. Mm -hmm. We've got a lot of things that are coming at us this summer and in the near future with mm -hmm. bait limitations, the whale rules that may be focused on limiting the number of traps in the water and mm -hmm. gear in the water. Um, this would be creating new entrants. And so some people would be getting a reduction in what they were allowed to utilize and others might be getting something that they never had before. Um, how do you how do you weigh those you know those different things as you're looking at the future of the industry and 
you know, it's going to be very complicated uh, moving forward for, for many who have mm -hmm. been in it and those that might be new to yeah. the industry. Yeah. Um, those are excellent points. And the whale issue, the bait issue, um, Zone D, I think it's fair to say, has a, is crowded. So in some zones, that's more an issue than others. Um, aquaculture is something that is of concern to lobster mm -hmm. fishermen. Mm -hmm. So I think some of this is, is about timing. You said some people have said, is this the right time? I think we have to look at that. So the whale rules, we don't know yet right. what's coming, yep. but there's a, the anticipation that it might lead to reduced traps. That's going to be a factor here, certainly. So um, I'm not sure. There's a meeting next week where that's going to be a big piece of the discussion. I don't think we'll have answers by next week. So if it, as a committee, this is the first year of a two-year session. Yep. As a committee, we have the option to hold on to things if it looks like there's interest, but maybe we need either to do more work or we need to get more information, or in this case, we're going to be getting information. We know something's coming. So it may be a decision of the committee to not move on this right now. There's also the option of killing it immediately or passing it immediately, but um, I think everyone's fully aware that something's things are changing. And of course, warming waters, acidification, I mean, so far so good, but for us, not for south of us, in terms of the, um, the resource. Yep. So yep. all those, we have to think about all of those things. And the Marine Resource Committee is always a very diligent committee in terms of um, this session, we have quite a few active fishermen on the committee um, in we've always had some but more than I would say more than usual in the lobster industry. that's the way it feels yep. yeah yep, yeah definitely so that's that's great there'll be um, great advocates and great resources around the information but I think to to be good um, shepherds we need to look at all that so you know bills are put in I would say 99.9% .9 of the time with the best intention. I think everybody, the Speaker of the House, two sessions ago, my first session, the very last day said, I know everyone here is trying to do the right thing for their community. That doesn't mean this community likes it. That community may like it. We have to come together and figure out what's best. So it's all, it's all the same. We have to listen to each other. And, and the ideas are out there. What I, what I feel um, it's difficult is I, I, I dislike it when it gets people worried. Tell, tell us why this worries you. Um, at the same time, the bill is in. It creates anxiety, and I wish it didn't, but I understand that it does. So I, I think that just kind of building off of that, so the bill is going to be discussed February 5th mm -hmm. at 1 in the Marine Resource Hearing Room? Yes, 206 in the Cross Building. Okay. What are you hoping to hear that day from the people that come uh, and may take the time to, to come and talk to you guys? Yeah. Well, I want to hear what what is important to them. Um, the emails, and some have been to the whole committee, so they're in the form of testimony. And whether they may come as well, I don't know, are very thoughtful, spelling out their concerns or why they love it. 
why they don't love it. Um, either way, it's a concern. Um, so I would, I would hope people would share their own experience and why they think it should go one way or the other. Obviously, respectfully, and the committee, I guarantee you, will be held to a standard of respect with the public, as always. Um, but we need to hear the different points of view. Um, like any bill, there's a public hearing, and then there's at least one work session, which is a week or so later, could be more than a week, but that's also public. It's not a time for testimony, but it's also public and people can listen in or they can be present to hear the deliberation that the committee is going through. So I would encourage people to, you can also listen in online. Um, maybe this is something that could go on the Yeah, we web. can definitely post that out there yeah. and make sure that people who uh, can't make it up to Augusta can yeah. listen in and know how to get to on. it. Yeah. yeah. That's great. And so the, the, I think that's all the information that we, we need at this point on the bill. But I, while I've got you in front of me, what else are you looking forward to for the Marine Resources Committee this year? We've got a lot of things that are really interesting in the bill list. Mm -hmm. What are you excited about talking about? Well, a lot of things. Um, we have some very interesting bills, some that you would expect. Um, I put in one, um, and something Senator Vitelli and I have been working on is uh, the aquaculture, what's the vision? Um, there was a, uh, there have been other task forces in the past, but it's 2018, things are different. Um, we'd like to look at it in a responsible way with, um, again, all points of view coming in, not with a preconceived idea, but it's an important resource. It's, um, it's something that could be the future of shellfish, and yet we don't want to undermine people who are digging in the flats. Um, we have uh, several around lobster licenses that aren't drafted yet. I don't know the content, but of course I'm interested in those. Um, some around, um, there's one on the same day about allowing kids 12 and under to be on the boat. Um, so uh, there's, there are quite a few on shellfish issues, quite a few on aquaculture, quite a few on lobster, the kind of the things you'd expect, and climate change, mm -hmm. acidification. Mm -hmm. um, Representative Bloom and Representative Devon have been working for several years on public awareness and taking action around those issues. And I think we all feel that this may be the time, speaking of what's the right time, it's maybe a it's been the right time, but maybe we have the will now to take more action, uh, do monitoring and do follow up, look at sea level rise and what do we do about it in a constructive way, not uh, being active and not just reactive. Um, so, so there's a lot coming forward that um, I think will be important to all of us. Um, those changes in the ocean are Certainly for coastal areas it's important, but it's important for all of us what's happening there. I would tell you about two more if I could. Yeah, please, yeah. do it. Um, two others that I have um, that I'm very excited about. One is about um, collection and disposal of expired marine flares, mm -hmm. which is not gonna go to marine resources, it's gonna go to criminal justice and public safety because it involves the fire marshal. Yep. The fire marshal has an incinerator, FDA approved incinerator, so that's the best disposal. Not putting them in a bucket of water, 
not leaving them in your basement. So there's safety issues and pollution issues. My first priority was safety. It came to me from a lobsterman who said, what, am I, what do I do with these? Well, usually I can get an answer in an hour or a day. There's no answer. Hmm. So this is something I'm really excited about. There's thousands of them out there, and we need a good system. Um, the other is one that will come to Marine Resources is, is about a medical waiver for people with a terminal condition. Sure. Yep. This was, again, brought to me by a, a lobsterman who is in that situation. And the difference between the medical waiver we have now, which is um, if you have a terrible accident or you're, something horrible happens, you can get a year's waiver. And uh, someone who's, been, who's qualified, a spouse or child, can fish on your license. And, and this is because in Maine we have an odor, owner-operator provision mm -hmm. in the right. lobster fishery. That's right. This one, the difference is that it could be intermittent. So that person with an, a terminal condition, whether because of the condition or because of the treatment, may not be able to fish. So again, that same person, same level of qualification, could fish on that license when that person can't. So it can never two at the same time. I mean, they can be on the boat, but they can't fish. So it gives... That person can still earn a living even if they can't be on the boat all the time well i'll look forward to taking a look at those bills as well thank well you. thank you for joining us and thank you. Uh, it's been a pleasure thank you very much ben if you're interested in reading the bill's entire text or submitting public comments on the bill we have information on our blog with helpful links to allow you to do so this podcast is a production of the maine coast fishermen's association for more information about our work, you can visit our website, maincoastfisherman.org. From the chilly coast of Maine, thank you for listening.